could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Sleep is like the golden chain that binds our health and body together. Thomas Decker. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice. Right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. So I'm Ruhani, and I'm the host of our show today. And we have an incredible show planned, a lot of it about sleep. So in segment one, I'll be sharing some fun facts about sleep and tips on how to get a better night's sleep. In segment two, I'll be interviewing the incredible Diane Macedo, an anchor and correspondent on ABC News, about her book, The Sleep Fix. And in segment three, I will be reading some of my poetry. So let's get started. So it's actually quite ironic that I'm talking about this since I'm in the middle of my finals and I'm pretty dangerously sleep deprived. But it's so important to get a good night's rest. I was actually able to get seven hours of sleep last night and I had a math test in the morning and I definitely saw an improvement. I found it way easier than the other day when I got in like four or five hours of sleep. So here's some tips I have for everyone. One is that I try to empty my mind before I sleep by doing some peaceful activities. So for anxious people like me, um, it's pretty hard to follow, but I find doing peaceful activities, whether that be, you know, meditation or a warm bath or listening to a relaxing podcast, it really helps. So especially if you're stressed about school or anything else, and you need to give your body the rest it deserves. Otherwise, favorable results will not come. And I learned that the hard way. Another one I have is that power naps are okay. So a lot of people say that you shouldn't take a nap because it disturbs your sleep schedule. But I found that it I found that it actually refreshes me in the evening, especially if I know I have like a paper to write at night. You know, I think taking a quick nap kind of helps me recoup. Of course, I feel a bit groggy, but it's only for a little bit. And another tip I have is don't try psychoanalyzing your dreams too much. So I'm saying this because I kind of drove myself crazy about like little mundane dreams I would have. And I try to uncover some sort of secret code. 
And some dreams do have hidden messages, I guess. You know, like we learned in my psych class that some psychologists believe dream is just, dreams are just like a form of wish fulfillment. And that can be the case. But sometimes you might be forcefully projecting kind of like negativity by kind of interpreting your subconscious in a different way than it actually was. Yeah, so those are the tips I have. And here's some fun facts about sleep. So humans actually spend one third of their life sleeping. And obviously, it kind of differs depending on your age. But on average, it's around a third, which is quite a bit when you think about it. The second tip I have is that, or sorry, the second fact I have is that the record for the longest period without sleep is 11 days. So that was set by a student named Randy Gardner in 1964. And obviously, I don't recommend this, but Randy actually experienced extreme sleep deprivation and others have kind of like died for staying awake too long. And another fact I have is that it's not uncommon for deaf people to use sign language in their sleep. So a lot of times um, people have reported their deaf partners or children actually using sign language in their sleep. So we can only imagine it's because they're dreaming about something. Another fact I have is that dysania is the state of finding it hard to get out of the bed in the morning. So I'm sure this is like a universal feeling where it's tricky to get out of bed. But those suffering from dysania find it more difficult than others, and it's actually considered to be a form of chronic fatigue syndrome. Another fact I have is parasomnia is a term that refers to unnatural movements during your sleep. So some people have committed crimes because of this, which I found pretty creepy, uh, you know, including sleep driving and even murder. So the sensation of falling um, half asleep and jerking yourself awake is called hypnic jerks. And no one is totally sure why hypnic jerks occur, but they're kind of deemed to be perfectly healthy. So it can be increased by anxiety, caffeine, or physical activity close to bedtime. And they're they're more frequent in young people and decrease um, as we grow older. Another fact I have is thought up to 15% of the population are sleepwalkers, and this is according to the National Sleep Foundation. So it's also a myth that you shouldn't wake someone up who's sleepwalking. Like, it might be detrimental, but it turns out fine. And another fact is that sleep deprivation will kill you more quickly than food deprivation. So obviously neither are good, but I find this one pretty interesting, and it really shows, like, shows how important sleep is. And I also found this one really interesting is that those born blind experience dreams involving things such as emotion, sound and smell rather than sight. So it kind of depends on the timing of the blindness in a person's life. I feel uh, I read that if you're like legally blind, you may like be able to see like shapes and blurry figures while you're like born blind. You won't be able to see anything at all. And this was also very interesting. Within five minutes of waking up, 50% of your dream is forgotten. So after an additional five minutes, 90% of recollection is gone. So like I mentioned earlier um, about what I learned in psych class, the psychologist Sigmund Freud believed this was because dreams represent our repressed thoughts and so our brain wants to get rid of them. But it's honestly much more likely due to our brains being used Uh, used much more as soon as we're awake. And so we forget much about what we dreamed about. Some might stick with us because it was about a topic we've been thinking about a lot. 
And this is also super cool. Pain tolerance is reduced by sleep deprivation. And there's a study about this that suggests that cutting a person's sleep in half dramatically reduces pain threshold although it's not 100% clear why. So sleep experts have also discovered a direct link between people's favorite sleeping positions and their personalities. So this is according to a professor, and he suggests that those who sleep in like a more fetal position are may appear tough, but are actually sensitive souls. So maybe have someone watch you sleep and tell them, and let them tell you what position you're sleeping in so you can analyze your personality. And... The last fact I have is that 12% of people dream entirely in black and white. So before color television was introduced, only 15% of people dreamt in color. And older people actually dream in black and white more often than young people. So I hope you enjoyed that. And we are out of time for this segment. And during the break, check out our website, www.bethestarryard.org. Keep listening for more as I will interview Diane Macedo on her book, The Sleep Fix. Thank you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel you're listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Ruhani, and this is our show focused on sleep. I'm with the amazing Diane Macedo, who appears on Good Morning America, World News Tonight, Nightline, World News Now, and America This Morning, as well as breaking news reports. She's also an anchor for ABC News Live, where she hosts ABC News Live Update, The Breakdown, and covers breaking news and special events. 
alum of Boston College, she lives in New York City with her family, and she just came out with The Sleep Fix, a practical, user-friendly guide to getting better sleep. The Sleep Fix flips the switch on common advice, illuminating the reporter's relentless search for how to get a good night's sleep and the surprising scientific and practical solutions she found along the way. Learn more at thesleepfixbook.com and follow Diane on social media and Instagram at Diane R. Macedo, Twitter at Diane R. Macedo, and Facebook, facebook.com, Diane R. Macedo. And Diane, I am so happy to talk to you today. I just have to say I'm kind of starstruck right now because I've seen you on GMA so many times and so many times, and it's just incredible that we get to have a conversation. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and you know, I find it really interesting that you call yourself a former insomniac. So can you tell us a bit about your journey as a former insomniac and what led you to write the sleep fix? Well, I spent years struggling to sleep and I just always dismissed it as, you know, that's just me, that's how I am, that's how I'm built, and also inevitable to the work schedule that I had because I worked, you know, really early hours and, and you know, and then a true overnight shift. Um, but eventually it got so bad that I couldn't ignore it anymore. So I started trying, you know, all your typical sleep tips that you read about in, you know, sleep articles and on TV segments, and none of it worked for me. And eventually I started taking Ambien um, at my doctor's encouragement, and that for a while was like magic. And no matter what I did, I would take this little pill, and half an hour later I was asleep. But eventually, even that stopped working. And when I called my doctor, her recommendation was for me to just up my dosage. But I kind of decided right then and there, that was my eureka moment, that I had to find a real solution to my sleep problems. So I kind of turned into a sleep nerd. I started reading sleep textbooks and reading books written by sleep clinicians who treat people with sleep problems. And that's where I found my answers. And after doing that stuff, within about three weeks, I started getting a quote-unquote full night's sleep on the overnight shift while sleeping in the middle of the day. Uh, and I was really surprised at how quickly it all worked, how practical some of these things were, and how different they were to a lot of the more popular sleep tips that we so often hear about. Um, so, I, you know, I, I brought in all of that further then and started looking into other sleep problems, not just the ones I had, and interviewing experts from all across sleep science and all over the world, and ended up putting it all together into this big puzzle of sleep solutions that is now the book called The Sleep Fix. I wrote the book that I essentially wish had existed when I was struggling. Yeah, wow, that is so amazing. And it shows how much dedication you put into researching and writing this novel, um, sorry, book. So I find it really interesting about how people can apply the sleep fix into their daily lives. Um, do you have any tips on that? Yeah, so I think the, 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 there are tons of them throughout the book. And, and I want people to understand this book is not just a bunch of filler with my story and just a few little tips sprinkled in. Every chapter is chock full of tips, complete with how-to guides on how to do certain things. Um, so you'll get a ton of them in the book. But a, one really quick one that I think is great in terms of how to apply this into your practical life is the idea of get using light to power up your circadian rhythm because we all have a natural body clock that wants to wake up and fall asleep at certain times of the day. And so a great tip to get your circadian rhythm going if it's hard for you to wake up in the morning is to see at least 30 minutes of sunlight first thing in the morning. But 
especially for those of us who have trouble waking up in the morning. I don't know many people who have a spare 30 minutes to sunbathe. So I got around this by getting a light therapy lamp and putting that in my bathroom. So it takes zero extra time for my day. But while I'm getting ready, brushing my teeth, washing my face, doing my makeup, maybe for the men it'll be for shaving, you just put this light therapy lamp on and it just powers bright light and sends it, you know, and when your eyes see that, they think they're seeing the sunlight and that is communicating to your brain that it's morning, it's time to wake up. And that not only helps you get wake signals at the right time so it becomes easier for you to wake up in the morning, maybe even before your alarm clock, and it also helps for you to get sleep signals at the right time so you can fall asleep at a decent hour to get enough sleep in before you have to wake up in the morning. Yeah, I think a light therapy lamp would be incredible. And I know right now it's kind of like final season. So what advice do you have for students who are trying to balance the sleep and work, you know, specifically? I think it's important to be in tune with what your chronotype is. And that's just a fancy word for whether you're a a morning, you know, an early bird, a night owl, or somewhere on the spectrum in between. Because I am and always have been really a night owl. Um, and I remember, for example, when I would cram for papers, because I'm a procrastinator, um, <laughs> or at least I was as a student, and, you know, studying for finals and so on, my mother and my dad, for that matter, but mostly my mom would always try to emphasize that I should go to bed early instead and just wake up early and do my studying and writing then instead of cramming by staying up late. And every time I tried that, it went horribly wrong. And what I now understand is my mother is a very morning-oriented person. I am the complete opposite of that. And so for her, it always made sense as a student for her to go to bed earlier and just wake up earlier if she hadn't finished her paper yet and finish it in the morning or finish studying in the morning or whatever else she had to do. But because I'm an opposite chronotype, that does not work well for me. It works much better for me to stay up late and do all my work then, and then, you know, then uh, then I go to bed. And so I think it's important for people to know, A, that there's a big difference, and this, this is a biological thing. It's not just a question of, do you like being up early or do you like staying out late? And realize that that means there are different peak times for when you're going to perform best doing things like studying and writing, trying to be creative or trying to focus, all of that will happen at different times of day more easily for you than others. So you kind of have to check in with yourself on that. I totally agree with you. My whole family are like morning people, but I am also night owl. So I find that I'm much more productive at pretty late times. Um, So another question I had for you is, what is your favorite advice in the book? My favorite piece of advice, it's, it's a, there are so many, but I think my, the, my favorite one, because it's so simple, but when you understand the way it works, it's like, oh, duh. My favorite one is to enjoy your awake time. And this is specific advice for someone whose problem is insomnia. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, if you're that person who tries to lay down at night and you can't fall asleep because your mind is racing and you can't stop worrying, especially if you can't stop worrying about whether or not you're going to fall asleep. And those worries keep you awake. And that can happen when you're trying to fall asleep at night initially or if you wake up in the middle of the night and then you can't fall back asleep. And so my favorite advice for that um, 
that's just a really simple, quick takeaway, is to enjoy your awake time. Because part of the reason this happens to us is that we have started to fear wakefulness so much that it triggers our flight or flight response. So in, in the case of someone who wakes up throughout the night, it's actually completely normal. None of us actually sleep through the night. All of us wake up at the end of every sleep cycle. We very quickly scan the room, make sure there are no threats, everything looks the same, you go right back to sleep. On the other hand, if you scanned the room and you saw a bear, you would obviously say, oh, no, a bear, and then you would get really worried and you would wake up and you would be wide awake. For insomniacs, we have we become so fearful of being awake at night that that becomes the threat. So when we wake up to do this scan at the end of each sleep cycle, we think, oh, no, I'm awake. And it's the same reaction that you have if you were to have seen the bear. Your flight or flight response kicks in. You get worried, and now you can't fall back asleep. And so there are many things you do to kind of get get out of that cycle. But, um, but like I said, the most simple one is to enjoy your awake time. If at any point you are in bed long enough to be frustrated, get out of bed, do something enjoyable and relaxing, and go back to bed when you feel more, more sleepy. And I say enjoyable because you'll often hear things like, oh, read something boring like a phone book or a manual. But even if it works in that moment... You now have something else to be afraid of. Oh, no, I really hope I sleep tonight or I'm going to have to read that stupid manual again. And so I don't think it works in the long term. Whereas if you find something enjoyable but relaxing to do, so this might be watching TV. It might be for a friend of mine that I interviewed in the book. He found his sweet spot was reading cookbooks. Because he loves to cook, so he found it very interesting enough to hold his attention, but not so gripping that he you know, couldn't put the book down and was reading until, you know, four or five in the morning. And so everyone will have to, you know, use their own judgment on what is going to sort of fill that sweet spot of relaxing but enjoyable to them. But if it is enjoyable, now you're not so worried about, oh, God, what's going to happen if I wake up in the morning? Because the answer is, well, I'll, I'll watch that TV show I like or I'll read those cookbooks that I like. And that kind of takes the temperature down on all the anxiety that fuels insomnia. And the irony, irony is, once you stop fearing wakefulness so much, you stop waking up so much. And it kind of can start you off on the right path, especially when you employ some of the other tools that I mentioned in the book, to start off on this positive cycle where sleep improvement then starts to beget sleep improvement. Yeah, I think this is such an incredible, like, eye-opening thing to hear about because we never really learn about this. Um, I think it's great for students who are trying to balance that sleep and work schedule, you know, trying to fall asleep after long hours of studying. And I definitely know I'm one of them. And, you know, I just have to ask, since you're such a well-accomplished journalist who's done so many brilliant things, um, what advice do you have for aspiring journalists who are trying to get into the field. I know that's something I might want to major in, so I'm really curious about what one can do. I think it's important, one, to, you know, A, ask yourself why you want to do it and make sure you want to do it for the right reasons because there are a lot of people who I think go into this business thinking, oh, I'm on television and it's glamorous and it's great and so much of the job, which I love, by the way, but I was a news junkie, which is why I went into news first and foremost. A lot of the job is a grind. And I say that not not to, you know, try to invoke any kind of self-pity, but, you know, the number of times that I was out in really bad neighborhoods, uh, in unsafe environments, knocking on people's doors, et cetera, 
um, you know, it's not, it's not all hair and makeup and being in front of the cameras and under the lights. So one, I think make sure you love news before you actually decide that you want to go down this road. But then once you do, I think a lot of it has to do with instincts because people will tell you you have to take a certain path. And I was told that through my whole career. And I very rarely took the path that everyone said was the norm, but I followed my gut. And somehow things continued to work out as I did that and continue to do that. So I have in many cases done things that you might have thought, well, that's never going to work out. And now, you know, career suicide is dramatic, but, you know, something along those lines where you're like, well, if you don't say yes to that opportunity, that's career suicide. And you have to take that job or you have to move to that city if you want to make things work. And I always just sort of was true to myself and followed my gut and what my priorities and my needs were. And things so far so good have fallen into place doing that. So I think that's also really important. And unfortunately, not really something you can teach, I don't think. But I think it's worth having the confidence of being able to say, I can do this and I can do it in the way that makes sense for me, no matter how many people tell me I can't. Yeah, that is such an incredible thing to hear. I know that right now I really like news. I'm part of the school newspaper. I love talking to people, interviewing them. You know, I feel like for journalism, you have to be a great people's person also. And I think everything you just said is so wise. And, you know, going back to the book, you also debunk the myths. Uh, that to get a better sleep, we need to ban screen time in the evening and cut back on coffee, which I've uh, grown up learning. But what other fallacies are widely believed about getting better sleep? I think the biggest one, and I want to be clear with the caffeine and the screen time, it's not that no one will benefit from cutting out screen time in the evening or quitting caffeine, but not everybody will. And so you have to ask yourself, is it working for you? And if it's not, you know, if you used to sleep fine, and you always had that morning cup of coffee, and there's no reason to think that you're on a new medication or something else that might be changing your caffeine sensitivity, then coffee's probably not the problem. At least it's not the root problem. So it's not a good place to start. And the same with the screen time. You know, if you used to watch TV every night and go to bed fine, then the TV wasn't the problem. Go back to watching TV, especially if you're replacing that TV time with thinking and worrying about your sleep. Um And in terms of, you know, the phone, there's a lot you can do to mitigate the blue light and the bright light by turning down the brightness and the blue light on the screen. And then also there are a few tricks in the book on how to help you actually put the phone down. Because for a lot of us, the screen thing isn't about blue light. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily the brightness or blue light from our screens that's keeping us awake. It's the fact that we're scrolling Instagram and TikTok until, you know, three o'clock in the morning. And I put myself in that category because we're all vulnerable to that. Um, so I think with, when you talk to screens, it's just about, about screens. It's a much more nuanced conversation than just screens provide blue light, which stimulates daylight, which is bad for your eyes. And so you should quit screens three hours before bed. Um, but in term, I think in terms of general myths, I think the biggest one is that we all need eight hours of sleep, the quote-unquote recommended eight hours of sleep. The National Sleep Foundation guidelines are anywhere from seven to nine hours for most adults, and anywhere from five to 11 hours may be appropriate for some. And that's important because we often talk about what happens when you don't get enough sleep, when you don't get, when you get less sleep than what you need. But no one ever talks about what happens if you try to force yourself to get more sleep than you need. 
And if you are one of those six-hour people who tries to force yourself to get eight hours, you end up with insomnia because you spend so much time awake and worried in bed because you're not sleeping, because you're just not sleepy enough, that your bed starts to become a cue to stay awake. Your, your brain says, oh, bed is where we stay awake and worry. And then it becomes a cue for that, where even as you're getting ready for bed, you start to get more and more amped up instead of winding down. And that becomes the calling card for chronic insomnia. So I think people need to let go of the hours thing and just check in with how you feel. And you have to be honest about this, because some people just really want to be that person that needs six hours, and they're trying to force themselves to function while sleep-deprived so they can show that they can, I can function on six hours. It's really not going to help you. If you need eight hours, if you need nine hours, you need to get those. But, you know, it's all about how you feel. If you walk around all day and you feel like you need a nap, or you're that person who kind of dozes off in a waiting room, or if you're sitting down to watch TV in the middle of the day, or if you're on the train going home, you know, and it's still daytime out, then that's a sign that something's wrong. And if you know it's just because you don't spend enough time in bed, well, then question, answer, mystery, solve. But if you feel like you do spend enough time and you're like, well, I get enough sleep, so why am I sleepy all day? That's a sign that something is interrupting your sleep. And I call these secret sleep disorders. You know, it could be sleep apnea, it could be narcolepsy, it could be uh, restless leg syndrome or PLMD, any number of things that may sound weird, but they're quite common. Um, And it's important to get checked out for those things, even if you feel like, oh, well, I'm getting the recommended eight hours. And on the flip side, if you walk around all day and you feel fine and your energy levels are pretty good, then you're probably getting enough sleep, even if it's not the quote-unquote recommended eight hours. Right. And I think we should just embrace what our body responds to the best. You know, everyone's different um, for food, like what we eat. It's also what, like how many hours of sleep we function on is different for each person. So, well, yeah, and on that note, you know, I think another myth is that it, if anyone follows, you know, these top 10 tips, then you're going to sleep better. And in reality, whatever tips are going to make you sleep better, the best tips are going to largely depend on what it is that's keeping you awake. And a lot of different things contribute to keeping people awake. So your problem may be very different from mine. And if it is, your best top 10 solutions are also going to be very different from mine. And I think sometimes we get into the trap of trying everything and then getting really frustrated that it's not working for us. And that frustration makes it even harder to sleep. So chapter one of the book is called Identifying the Problem, and that's the reason. I think that that's the key to starting any kind of journey on trying to fix your sleep. starts with trying to figure out what it is that's keeping you awake first. You can find the best solutions for you, so you're not just spinning your wheels and get frustrated. Exactly. And I think it's such an incredible book and so informative, What was your favorite part of the process in writing it? I think it just made, the whole thing just made kind of my recovery feel that much more solid. I had already, you know, acquired a pretty wide breadth of knowledge before I even started writing the book. And I was about two years after, you know, past when I had had my own problems and fixed my own problems. So I was already sleeping well, but I still learned a ton of new things working on this book that gave me a whole different understanding for why those things worked for me and why I was having certain problems. And that, 
I think has really helped me to not only uh, sleep well now, but I continue to use these tools throughout a life that continues to change. My life looks completely different now than it did four years ago, including I now have two kids that I didn't have then. My job is different. My schedule is different, et cetera. And yet I continue to use the same kind of sleep tools to continue to sleep well, but I tweak them all along the way because I don't use them in the same way that I used to when I, for example, worked an overnight shift. And so that's why I think the understanding part is important, and I try to parlay that to my readers in the book. I don't just want to give you a list of things to do. I want to give you an explanation of if you're having this problem, here is what's happening. Here's why it's preventing you from sleeping, and here's why this tool works for that problem. So that even if you can't execute it perfectly as the instructions for that tool would lead you to, you can tweak it still and still know that you're embracing the spirit of that technique, and it'll still work for you. And so people can use them within the confines of all of their imperfect lives because at the end of the day, we all live in the real world. And you can't always follow these perfect ideal instructions for what the perfect ideal sleep environment is. Sometimes you have to make it work. And this book allows you to do that. Yeah. And like I said before, it shows how much research and dedication you've put into it. Um, Did you actually have this like a particular routine when writing the book? Not really. The particular routine was when can my husband, man, you know, watch our son. Uh, My daughter wasn't born yet when I was writing it. And so it was kind of like, okay, when do you have some free time? When can we make this work? When can I, you know, and and I kind of just wrote it in bits and pieces wherever I could find the free time to do it. But I was so driven to do it and so enthralled in the topic that I think when I actually sat down to write, I was very much in the zone. And so I think I got a lot done quickly because of that. Not because I had a lot of time to write it, but because I was so into the subject that I was able to really kind of lock onto it in the time that I had to write it. Yeah, and writing is just like a form of therapy, honestly. (laughs) What is your favorite part about being an author and a journalist? I think they're they're very different. And particularly now that I work in broadcast, you kind of – You cover stories, you know, usually in a span of maybe a minute and a half to three minutes. Um, And as an anchor, especially, which is now the, you know, what primarily what I do, I'm covering a lot of stories throughout the course of the day. So my knowledge base on these stories, for the most part, is more wide than it is deep. You know, I kind of have a a general understanding and 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 a I'm generally briefed on on the all of the news of the day, but I'm not, you know, completely drilled down into any one of those individual stories, unless there's some kind of extensive coverage that I've done a lot of preparation for, or it's an ongoing story that I've obviously been covering for a long time. One thing that I missed about, you know, being a print reporter was you you get much more into each topic where you feel like you have a much higher level of expertise. And I kind of liked that. And now writing a book that goes to a whole new level where I feel a level of confidence talking about this subject in a way that I haven't had talking about very many subjects in a really long time. And there's something that's just really special about that to be able to to look at something and say, I really know this like the back of my hand, is a really great feeling. Uh, and, and I think it flexes different muscles 
than I do in just my regular journalism career. And so I love the fact that I have now been able to do both. Yeah, and you were a very talented author and journalist. Um, it was so nice talking to you, unfortunately. We are out of time for this segment. And during the break, uh, make sure you check out our website, www.bethestarur.org, and make sure to learn more about The Sleep Fix at thesleepfixbook.com. And again, follow Diane on social media, on Instagram at Diane R. Macedo, Twitter at Diane R. Macedo, and Facebook, facebook.com, Diane R. Macedo. Thank you. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel you're listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens hey everyone we're back so i know um this week's theme is about sleep but Considering what's going on in the world today, with women's rights being targeted, especially with Roe versus Wade's possible overturning, I wanted to share a poem I wrote. Um, it's called 901-21 Texas, which is basically the day Texas um, signed its infamous abortion law. So here it goes. Blasphemous to be in charge of your own flesh. Obey those who will never carry the burden that has been imposed since the beginning of time. Six weeks they generously offer to discover if the course of your existence has been altered forever. Six weeks to pray for blood that will not come. Let their long black grounds, slathered in patriarchal superiority, dictate every inch of your body, unwitting during conception, unwilling during conception. Let the babies have babies, tend to life as you barely start your own, cradle a wailing child in one hand and an algebra textbook in the other. 
Let labor drain you of health and resources, rip you apart until nothing is left. Rue for those Jane Rose, for the dismissals of their traumas, their choiceless futures, and their bodies rendered still. Let your cries be silenced and biblical de destinies fulfilled. Value those feeble heartbeats and the legislation that protect protects them more than they protect you. Yeah, so that's what I wrote. Um, I actually wrote it the day that the law was passed in English class. I was super angry, so I just vented on paper. <laughs> and I have another poem to share with you all. And this is another sad topic. Um, I learned about in my human geography class it really saddened me and it's about menstrual huts which unfortunately is a way to isolate you know people you know, women who are menstruating in many places around the world especially in asia so this is called somewhere in rural asia she wanted a wooden yo-yo as a gift but she supposes this walk will make do foggy air thick greenery twigs crunching underneath the soles of her feet. Somewhere, an agonized animal lets her know she's not alone. She wonders how she, the arrow looks, encrusted in his furry torso, if he is bleeding as heavily as her on her 11th birthday, her crimson rivulets a pathway to bitter womanhood, his to death. Or perhaps the wounded creature is female, and she is crying not for her suffering, but for her cubs. How quickly this maternalistic bond awaits the birthday girl. She does not know, nor does she want to, for it can't be too much longer now that she's making that journey. The five-day isolation, sordid proof of her impurity. In her hands are clothes Mama told her to burn, one of them being her favorite cotton sweater. Grandma had sewn it so lovingly but she too wanted her to discard it. The animal cries again, a broken, pitiful sound, yet it is only herself she feels sorry for, especially as she opens the door to her temporary home with a bucket in the corner and a bed with no sheets. At least there is less to burn. She wonders how many other girls, women, sat in this hut and felt like solitude was a worse pain to bear. Perhaps she is too different. No one else feels melancholic, only appropriately shameful. The room is too cold, so she pulls on her ill-fated cotton sweater, wonders how many walks are left, and once again wishes she was gifted a wooden yo-yo instead. Yeah, so that was um, Somewhere in Rural Asia. So I submitted all of these for a portfolio um, for the Scholastic young artists and writers competition it was very fun i mean not fun obviously the topics are fun but it's very kind of therapeutic as i was saying writing is therapeutic to work on you know you see all these things happening in the world it's great to just unleash it on paper whatever you're feeling i find that it is a very very cathartic experience i've been doing it since i was little and you know it doesn't just have to be poetry it can be journaling it can be you know just even writing like two lines a day in your notes app I think might help just to rant or to get rid of all that stress you have and maybe that'll help you have a better night's sleep <laughs> um, and the last one I have 
ends with a more uplifting tone because, you know, let's end the show with something a bit more positive. And it doesn't really have a title. So here it goes. My entire life I was drowning, pushed down by my own hands. I longed to find those on the shore, craved their sweet validation, not knowing so many of them were sinking alongside me. Eventually, I realized air that held love for myself was a much better alternative than this bottomless, murky ocean of meaningless negativity. My hands relinquished their hold when I understood my flaws are just features I was scared to appreciate. This beautiful body and strong spirit I always look down upon is bringing me to the surface and I'm almost there. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed all of those. Um, if you're interested in my poetry, my Instagram is at pieces by the stars. I just post little like poems on there sometimes. Um, and unfortunately, we are out of times, uh, out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are, and our Voice America empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Andrew. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestaryouare.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio, and make sure to get a good night's sleep. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself